This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. I came across a poster that was in a church in France. France, as you say, and I want you to read this with me. Together, let us read. When you enter this church, it may be possible that you hear the call of God. However, it is unlikely that he will call you on your mobile. Thank you for turning off your phones if you want to talk to God. Enter, choose a quiet place and talk to him. But if you want to see him, send him a text while you're driving. Isn't that interesting? So, phones, bye-bye. Mawan. <laughs> Anyone in here been through some challenges? Anybody in here been through some struggles lately? Huh? Anybody been in here through some petrol queues or sat in some petrol queues or waited in line for finance? Is, is, do we still have finance in this nation? I, I'm not sure. Anyone struggling? Anyone not sure what tomorrow will bring? Don't give up. You see the outside world is watching. Don't give up. There's better days ahead. When you see the storm clouds and the petrol queues and the lack of bread rolling in, you know the sun will shine again. Praise God we have sun, hallelujah. Surrounded by a cloud of witness as you say, don't give up. So you know we are in this world but we're not of it. Please believe that. It is so hard when all you see and all you feel is struggles, and I have had my share of them this morning. But we are in this world, not of it. We are not of this world. May our focus be on the Lord, but we have been influenced by it, dumbed down, programmed, infiltrated, misinformed, uninformed, deformed. How many of you have heard that before? And we've conformed to that. And you know that I love to show you videos that warns you of deception and tells you, but I say, don't take my word for it. Do your own research. Wisdom is pounded in. So I want you to just see this clip for one moment from a hero of mine. You need to help me. I'm always in need of help. What's this? Ah, come on. What's this? What's that? What do I want you to use? Yes. Now, we're meeting for the first time, so you don't know how to get along with me. I am telling you how. Bring a Bible to the service. I want to see you walking to the hotel lobby with a Bible. I want to see you walking on the streets with the Bible. Someone may say to you, are you a Christian? 
and I hope you'll say yes. The person may say, where are you going to GYC? What's that? You tell them, may I come? Yes. We thank God for technology. This is not a Bible. This is the Holy Bible. This is not the Holy iPhone. Bring a Bible. Now, how many of you have Bibles? Raise your hands. You have, raise your hands. Ah, God bless you. The rest of you who don't, please repent and bring your Bible tomorrow. All right. This has Viber, Snapchat. Is it Snapchat? Instagram, WhatsApp, email, uh, Google. What else? What else? You know them. Don't play as though you don't. You do. What does this have? Only the Word of God. No temptations with this. I came into the meeting last night. There was someone on the, on the phone just, uh, you know, God can kill you for that. No, no, I'm serious. He can kill you for that. We must respect God. Something else to do for me. I want you to pretend you're in the presence of an earthly judge. Now, what are some things you cannot do? You can't talk. Something you can't chew gum. Who said that? I like you. God bless you. What else? What else you cannot do? You can't text. You cannot even take the phone into a courtroom. What else you cannot do? You can't drink water. A courtroom is not a restaurant. Drink your water before you come. You will not die of thirst. Can you say amen? All right. Pretend you're in the presence of a judge. Now convert that to the judge of all the earth. Show God reverence. If you agree, say amen. amen. What's our subject? All right. So this off, the Bible on, second favor. While I'm speaking, pray for me and say, Lord. I think, um, I think he uh, stole my message. Have you heard that before? And how many of you still don't bring real Bibles to church? Can I see your real Bibles? Oh, what a beautiful sight. Isn't that wonderful, choir? Isn't that beautiful? You see, that's how God sees it. <laughs> But you see, turn with me into your real Bible. <laughs> Revelations 12, 9. You know, some people say, hey, what's up? What's up? The Bible's come. What's up? How many of you know that the scriptures warn us about being deceived? Many, many times I ask you, are you deceived? How many of you are deceived? Raise your hand. How many of your neighbor is deceived? How many of you know that you're deceived? If you did know you're deceived, you wouldn't raise your hand because you were de you're deceived. You're deceived and you don't know you're deceived. If you're deceived because deceived means you don't know you're deceived or you would know the truth and you wouldn't be deceived. But I know that today, deception will be broken off of people today. There will be clarity of thought. There will be wisdom. There will be understanding. There will be unity of the Spirit. Eyes will be open. Revelation in this house. Hallelujah. So Revelations 12, 9 says, And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He does what? He does what? 
He deceives the whole world. So many times when I talk to people and I bring suggestions of things that aren't right or that are lies or aren't true, people say, no, 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 how could they do that? How could they do that? How did Satan deceive Eve? How did Lucifer deceive you? How are you deceived? How is your neighbor deceived? How is anybody deceived? You're deceived because there's a spirit of deception and there's a way of going about it, which I'll talk to you about in a minute. But Jesus said in John 16, 33, I think you need to turn there so you know the difference. In Revelations, Satan deceives the whole world. But in John chapter 16, verse 33, what you have been going through as you know, I love the sound of the pages. Turn them faster so we can hear the sound of many waters. John 16, 33 says, in the world, yeah, you will have tribulation. Did he say it's gonna be easy? It's gonna be your best life? No, we strive for the best. But in the world, we will have tribulation. But what did he say? Take courage, take courage, be of good cheer. Take courage, be of good cheer for what? He has, he has what? I can't hear you. He has? He has what? So here's what you must understand. Don't give up. You see the Lord is watching. Don't give in. He knows how far there is to go. Don't give in. You know every opportunity. Every opportunity, every opportunity, every opportunity. That means in the petrol queues. That means in the bank lines. That means when there's no power at home. Every opportunity is a chance to see God's victory. These trials are temporary. I know you're discouraged. There's a spirit of discouragement all over the nation. There's a spirit of distraction all over the nation. But God said, I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Focus on him. Focus on the prize. Focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for you. Who he is because you are spirit. And he is speaking to you in spirit and in truth. And I'll share with you more that these things do not need to overtake you. It didn't say it wouldn't be hard. It didn't say it wouldn't be difficult. It didn't say you wouldn't be persecuted. It didn't say there would be challenges and frustrations. But he said, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. So don't give up. Thank you. Choir, you may be seated. You see... Since Satan was cast out of heaven, there has been an agenda to challenge, redefine, eradicate, mock, undermine the foundation and the principles of the church. I have seen, even recently, a man who was a Christian, a pastor, just divorce his wife and deny the church. I have seen so many things recently 
that are showing that the Bible says they were, how could this be? That they were, um, they went out from us to show you that they weren't of us. There are so many things in the Bible that are coming true that I didn't understand when I first became a Christian. It just wasn't relevant. But now there's a relevance. So Satan cannot destroy the church, but he will infiltrate it and join it. He will try to discourage you from every angle. So I want you to turn with me now in your real Bibles, 2 Corinthians 2. And I want you to understand how God sees this. And that is the question, how does God see this? Not how do you see this, what is your opinion? What does your go-go say? That what is the mbuya? What is the traditional way? But he says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. So even you can look up here, no advantage will be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant. How many of you think you're ignorant? <laughs> How many think you're not ignorant? How many of you know you're ignorant? You are ignorant. But the context of that is in forgiveness, which is very, very crucial, and yet the principle applies across the board. I would like to help us understand an incredibly detailed agenda that has waged war against the church and why Yeshua says, do not be deceived. Wake up, open your eyes, sit up, look around. Don't be taken in by everything. Be alert, be wise. It is evident in a document written by a woman named Alice Bailey. He was a prophetess and a mother of the new age. Who, uh, the New Age Movement, whose 10-point charter was adopted by the United Nations. I shared this in a uh, message a few years ago, um, some principles in a message, and those were the 10-point charter was something. Anybody remember me talking about Alice Bailey and her 10-point charter? Now, these are what the charters were. Number one, use media to promote and change the mindset. Has that happened? Does media change our mindset? Do you agree? Take God and prayer out of the education system. That has definitely happened in America. Reduce parental authority over the children. Destroy the traditional Christian family structure. If sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Well, Zimbabwe has culturally been pro-life, but we've, they've used the media here to change our mindsets. And people here who I thought, believed in life, have believed in abortion. Six, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. I mean, really, you might need to try out partners and have a small house. Well, we've seen this here with civil partnership clause in the marriage bill, th that clause in the marriage bill. Seven, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Do you know for the first time, Miss South Africa has an openly gay man joining the pageant? How many of you have seen that? Miss South Africa now has a man in it. And everybody's thinking it's wonderful, according to the media. 
The next thing, debase art, make it run mad. Nine, create an interfaith movement, which is the one world religion. It's creeping into our church with the view of tolerance under the guise of unity. Tolerance under the guise of unity. Connecting with the Vatican, connecting with the Pope. And if you do your own research, you'll understand what the scriptures are saying about these things and what the real roots are. Please study, don't take my word for it. Do your own, do your own research. And some of you just take things as they are. You're controlled by the media, which I want to talk about more in another message. I would love to spend three hours with you today and tell you all about what you don't know. <laughs> so um, the last thing is get governments to make the above law and get the churches to endorse these changes. Get the government to make all of these things law. Have you seen that happening? And get the church to endorse that. Yes, we're behind these changes. We're behind the government. Meanwhile, we need to stand with this. But you can't stand with this if you don't know what it says. I have seen people defending in the name of God certain things that are not scriptural because they are not understanding and knowing the Word of God. So many of us are not focused on the big picture. We have been distracted by issues such as where to find bread, where to find fuel, who won the Champions League, who will win Formula One, what's that? I don't even know. Kanye West's latest clothing line is he has some new shoes. What Kim Kardashian is wearing, Beyonce's latest song, um, it's a product you can't live without. Everyone's talking about this. Something you must see. You know, I saw a video recently of a group of people who were in a room and they all knew what the answer was to a question. In fact, they were filling out forms and they all knew but one, which I would love to show you. I'll show you next time. And smoke came in the room and all of the people sat there, except the one person who didn't know and they thought the fire was started and it would have been a fire. But because no one else in the room moved, she sat and had that have been a real fire, they would have been killed, all of them. But due to group think and what the group says, the people around the culture, fear of missing out, FOMO. Do you know what FOMO is? Ah, how come you know FOMO? Who's afraid of missing out? And when they tell you, you need to watch this program, you go, okay. You need to buy these shoes, okay. You need to have these really tight jeans with holes in them, yes. I don't know. Like I said, I have some jeans, but they're not holy because God is holy. So why do we do this? We are conditioned. How many of you want to be conditioned? Ah, you all, you, you. How many of you are conditioned? Raise your hands. 
How many of you know your neighbor's conditioned? How many of you think your children are conditioned? What about your husband? When it comes to sports, I don't know. But it's in our face. And what is it? You become what you behold. It is scientific to control you. So we want to emulate what's going on. I spoke to some of our youth and they say, yeah, everybody just wants to know what's going on in America and they want to be like the Americans. They want to do what the Americans do, sing what the Americans sing, act like the Americans act, you know, put the glasses on and, the, and, the, and the, take the selfies like the Americans do. So what's up? So at the same time though, with the pain that everyone is facing, the economic hardships and challenges of load shedding, water rationing, fuel shortages, expensive food, we feel like we're the only ones suffering. Has anybody ever felt like, poor me, I'm the only one? Don't lie. Raise your hand. Poor me, I'm the only one in this petrol queue. I'm the only one who's going home to no power. I'm the only one who doesn't have water and has to do my laundry at one o'clock in the morning. But what is happening to us is happening in other parts of the world. We are not the only ones. Do you understand? We are not the only ones. So when I taught this 10-point charter years ago, many people found it difficult to believe and accept it. But we are now seeing the headlines and it's come to pass. It was adopted by the nations. So it's undeniable. But there's another agenda that I want to make you aware of only because I want you to understand that this is a worldwide agenda. And this is all laid out in scripture. So I want you to turn with me to, in your real Bibles, to 1 Peter 4.12. 1 Peter 1 Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. Does it sound like he's talking to us today? How many feel like he's talking to you? Don't be, don't, don't be surprised. Are you surprised that there's these challenges? But how could they do that to us? It's not they, it's it. It's the darkness that they may be infiltrated by. So in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, turn there. 2 Timothy. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, No, I love still hearing pages turn. It's in the New Testament, you know. But realize this. That in the last days, are we in the last days? Difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, 
lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. Have you seen that? Disobedient to parents? Have you seen uh, ungrateful, unholy? Holy means separate. I've heard some teachings on holiness that make it sound like if you're holy, you are boring. And you don't have to be boring to be holy. Maybe they were at one stage, but that isn't the case now. Unloving, irreconcilable, <laughs> unable to reconcile, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal haters of good. You know what they call good, evil, and evil good? Treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Oh no, but this is fun. I want to do it. It's fun. <coughs> I want to do it because it's fun. Holding to a form of godliness. A form of godliness. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. You see, there are so many attributes here <clears throat> to people who are not following God. And do you see this manifest? Do you know anybody who is an arrogant? Do you know anybody who's boastful, proud, lover of self, treacherous, reckless, conceited? <clears throat> How many of your parents struggle with your, ch your children? One. <clears throat> How many children struggle with your parents? Now, I got a better response out of that. So anyway, I want to share with you a few points from an international organization's agenda. Many world agencies and countries have adopted this 2030 agenda. It's a type of global government takeover of every nation across the world. Every nation across the world. Zimbabwe is not peculiar. We may be a little ahead of the curve, <laughs> but we are not peculiar. And you need to know beyond the natural what's happening in the spirit. And you need to be armed and ready for it. And you need to be able to know you can resist the devil and he will flee. So I found an article online and an informed interpretation of what this means. So this will take discernment, understanding, willingness to check everything against scripture. You may not agree, but as I say, do your own research. So the goal for this 2030 agenda, there's 17 goals. And the first one is now listen closely. To end poverty in all its forms everywhere. But the real translation is this. Put everyone in government on welfare. Food stamps, housing, subsidies, and hands out that make them obedient slaves to global government. Never allow people upward mobility to help themselves. Instead, teach mass victimization and obedience to a government that provides monthly allowance allowance money for basic essentials like food and medicine label it ending poverty can you hear him huh can you hear him anybody have trouble hearing him a little bit muffled does he need another mic you have it clear 
So the goal one was to end poverty in all its forms everywhere. But if you heard the translation, you will see that it is masked in other things. And we have suffered under that here. Goal two, end hunger, achieve food security and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture. Invade the entire world with GMOs and Monsanto's patent seed while increasing the use of deadly herbicides under the false claim of increased output of food crops. Engineer genetically modified plants to boost specific vitamin chemicals while having no idea of the long-term consequences of genetic pollution or cross-species genetic experiments carried out openly in a fragile ecosystem. And I risk sharing these things but you do your own research because it's big. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than Zimbabwe. And we are called not to partake in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Someone, some of us need to expose the works of darkness so that we can walk in the light of understanding and at least know how. To continue. Goal number three, ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all ages. Translation? Mandate 100 plus vaccines for all children and adults at gunpoint. It's happening in America. Threatening parents with arrest and imprisonment if they refuse to cooperate. Push heavy medication use on children and teens while rolling out screaming programs call mass medication prevention, call them prevention programs and claim they improve the health of citizens. Are you awake? Goal four, ensure inclusive and equitable quality education and promote lifelong learning opportunities for all. Translation? Push a false history and a dumbed-down education under common core education standards that produce obedient workers rather than independent thinkers. Never let people learn real history or else they might realize they don't want to repeat it. I saw an interview of a young boy who was in fifth grade in America who is transgender. Who's, who's a girl now? No. Girl to a boy. I can't remember which. <laughs> They're all confusing to me. However, after being criticized for it, his mother told him all about the criticism and how to cope with it, etc., etc. And here's his answer. Tell them that they must go back to the fifth grade because that's where we learned it. Goal five, achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. Go girls. Translation. Criminalize Christianity. Marginalize heterosexuality. Demonize males and promote the LGBT agenda everywhere. The real goal is never equality, but rather the marginalization and shaming of everyone who expresses any male characteristics whatsoever. 
The ultimate goal is to feminize society, creating widespread acceptance of gentle obedience along with self-weakening ideas of common property and sharing everything. Because only male energy has the strength to rise up against oppression and fight for human rights. The suppression, the suppression of male the suppression of male energy is key to keeping the population in a state of eternal acquiescence. Men rise up. Men rise up. Men rise up. In this church, men rise up. This is not about women's equality. Although we want women to be treated fairly, of course, but this is about men. God created men to rule and to reign the way they should. And they have been feminized in so many ways from dress to food to, uh, you know, creating them to be women, participating in uh, women's sports. <laughs> it's cuckoo. Men? Men? Men, can I hear you? Men, men, I can't hear you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Maybe you're out in the car park directing traffic. Let's give the men a hand in our church. They're gonna stand. Goal six, ensure availability and sustainable management of water. <laughs> and sanitation for all. Translation. Allow powerful corporations to seize control of the world's water supplies and charge monopoly prices to build new water delivery infrastructure that ensures availability. Now, you know, drinking bottled water is number one, costly. Number two, there are chemicals in the plastic. It's proven, do your own research. It actually messes with our hormones, and especially male ones. So look into infiltration of uh, water systems to be able to get pure water somehow. Not everybody can do it, I understand. But our water has been polluted on purpose across the world. It was polluted on purpose. Do your research. Why? So that we would have to buy from them and then be poisoned even more. This is the enemy. This is not a real thinking person. Do you understand? It's the enemy. And it's prophesied. It's in the scriptures. Wake up and say, hey, I want to know about this. I want to understand it. God said, understanding, knowledge, understanding, and then you can walk in wisdom. But if you don't have understanding, you'll be so frustrated and so upset. So goal number eight, promote sustained, inclusive, and, su and sustainable economic growth, full and productive employment, and decent work for all, especially 90% unemployment in Zimbabwe. Translation. Regulate small business out of existence with government-mandated minimum wages that bankrupt entire sectors of the economy. Force employers to meet hiring quotas of LGBT workers while mandating wage tiers under a centrally planned work economy dictated by the government. 
destroy free market economics and deny permits and licenses to those companies that don't obey government dictates. There are 17 goals. I've only given you eight or seven or something. Thank you, TK, for your translation of this. But I gave you only a few, but the implementation has been going on for decades. Whether you believe it or not, just because you don't believe that the sky is blue, does that mean it isn't? So it isn't about what you believe. It's about what you know and God's agenda and also the enemy's agenda. We must know our enemy because let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Hallelujah. And so most people are not aware of all this that's going on. Most people. And you know, it's funny. Pastor Tom says, when I go, when I go overseas, I try to talk to people about these things. They're like, no, 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 they wouldn't do that. No, nobody would do that. That wouldn't happen. No, that's not happening. And they're so blind. He said, it's, it's, like, it's like people walk around like this. Look at your neighbor. Do they have blinders on? Just take them off. Just go over there. Take them off. Because this has been implemented due to what's called propaganda. Can you say propaganda? The definition of propaganda is this. Information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, used to promote a political cause agenda or point of view, which may only be held by a small group. Propaganda. I didn't believe in this. I grew up in a little small town, very what we call it white picket fence, very, well, my first half of my life, but the second half was very normal, common supposedly as far as I had everything I needed to eat or drink or whatever, you know, was able to pursue my education. And I would never have believed what you're about to see. And some of you have seen this and I've shown a bit of it before, but look again, because wisdom is pounded in. Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, to is to serve our, our Treasure Valley communities, the El Paso Las Cruces communities, Eastern Iowa communities, Mid Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble 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 plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 This is extremely dangerous, dangerous to our democracy. Dangerous. Extremely dangerous to our democracy. Extremely dangerous to our democracy. So don't think it doesn't happen in Africa. Remember, Adolf Hitler says, make the lie big, make it simple, keep saying it, and eventually they'll believe it. 
Make the lie big, make it simple, keep saying it, eventually they'll believe it. I'd love to share with you some of the things I know, but on this platform I will refrain. But I want to encourage you, please be aware and don't take my word for it, but okay, do your own research. So like I always say, you become what you behold, but I want to encourage you to be aware of something. And I want to show you another video that will help explain your brain. How many of you have a brain? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Look at this clip and then we'll see. Are these films having an effect on our youth? Why do so many young girls want to be princesses, idolizing their every words? The girls and the boys acting out their favorite fantasies. I can't fly. You can't fly. I can fly. No, you can't. You can't. Yes, I can. You can't. You can't. I can. I'm telling you, I can fly along this room. My eyes closed. Okay, then, Mr. Lightbeard. Move it. Science might have an answer for why we imitate what we see. This is brand new science. This is just out of the lab. We may have some special circuitry in our brains that helps us whenever we look at each other. Well, as it happens, scientists have an explanation for this strange ability to connect. It's new. And it began entirely by accident at a laboratory in the lovely old city of Parma, Italy, where a group of brain researchers was working with monkeys. And they were testing a neuron, that's a brain cell, that always fired, made this sound, yeah, whenever the monkey would grab for a peanut. So the lab had all these peanuts around, and whenever the monkey made its move, the neuron would fire. Scientists thought, now here's a neuron that is essential to motion. It's a motor neuron. Then one day, the monkey was just sitting around, not moving at all, just sitting, when a human scientist came into the lab, and when that scientist grasped the peanut, yeah, the monkey's cell fired. Now, the monkey hadn't moved. It was the human that had moved, suggesting that this neuron up here couldn't tell the difference between seeing something and doing something. Seeing and doing were the same. Or more intriguingly, that for this neuron, watching somebody do something it's just like doing it yourself. To demonstrate, he put me into this very powerful fMRI brain scanner that can peer into the brain while it's working. And he gave me some goggles so he could show me pictures when I was in there. So you can see here the eyeball of Robert. And once he had a good view into my brain. Nice looking brain. Thank you. Robert, you're not supposed to talk when we scan you, all right? Sorry. Then he said, okay, I'm gonna show you a bunch of faces. And for each face, I want you to imitate it. So I did that. Then he recorded my brain while I moved my facial muscles. We're gonna do right away another one. Okay. Then he said, okay, same faces, but this time, don't move a muscle, just look. So I looked. When we checked the results. Oh, there's my brain. I've never seen my brain before. This is your mirror right Jacoboni says that the part of my brain that's working when I make a face, the same part gets busy when I see the face. 
So if you're watching a cartoon with an angry or violent scene, your mirror neurons are firing as if you were doing the very same angry or violent act. It makes sense why Christ made this statement in Matthew 15, 21 and 22. Ye have heard it said of them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. We know that the act of violating God's laws starts in the mind. Jesus illustrates it like this in Matthew 5:28. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. How many of you have learned something today? <laughs> you see, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't really understand. You think food in, straight out. No, food goes through how many thousands of <laughs> miles of, of, of intestines? Yay! You become what you behold, and you are what you eat. So what are you looking at? So when your children sit in front of TV, what is going into them that they're experiencing and doing? So when you see immorality, you are doing it. When you see theft, you are doing it. When you see violence and anger, you are doing it. Watch this. Who's to say the rules must stay the same forevermore? Whoever made them had to change the rules that came before. So make your own way. Show the beauty within. When you follow your heart, there's no heart that you can't win. How would you feel about your child being exposed to a message like this? No rules can stand forever, so just make your own way and follow the desires of your heart. We know that God has a set of eternal rules, but of our heart, Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? This message is clearly leading people away from biblical principles. But what if the message came presented in a prettier package than the man in the black hood and robe? What if your child has already been fed this message over and over, and you weren't even aware of it because it slipped under the radar? Here are those exact words again. this my way. Maybe it's time to start following your heart. A dream is a wish your heart makes. The dream that you your heart decide I can open your eyes a whole new world a new fantastic
realistic point of view No one to tell us no or where to go Really gonna marry the fairy prince? Yes <laughs> Well then follow your heart Yeah, sure to do impossible things If you follow your heart Nothing is impossible if you follow your heart. <laughs> A lovely story. Understand, Nora. You will understand. Listen with your heart. You will understand. Us closer, not apart. When we speak our minds and listen with our Give her the courage to follow her heart. Your only duty is to the Emperor. But I have another duty, to my heart. Your duty was to stay home, but your heart told you to break the rules. How did you decide between duty and heart? By following my feelings, I wound up doing the right thing. I guess I learned that my duty is to my heart. My duty is to my heart. Yes. That makes sense. That's marvelous. Thank you, Babylon. Thank you. Write our own story. Follow our hearts. The Croods made it because of my dad. He was strong and he followed the rules. The ones painted on the cave walls. Anything new is bad, curiosity is bad, going out at night is bad, basically anything fun is bad. Welcome to my world. But now we know the Croods will make it. Because we changed the rules. The ones that kept us in the dark. When life gets me down, I play my guitar. The rest of the world may follow the rules, but I must follow my heart. You know what's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break You'll it. You'll be great. Whether it's fair or not, that's the law. The law should be fair. What are we teaching our kids? Disney on Ice presents Follow Your Heart. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. If you put the seed into the mind that there are no rules, what are the long-term effects? Well, there is one thing we should consider from Christ. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You become what you behold. We have raised a generation of follow your heart. But what does the Bible say? He who trusts in 28 verse 26 Proverbs, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. <laughs> That's a little different than what we just saw, right? 
He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. You know, when people say, well, oh, I heard somebody say, television allows in your house people you would not allow in your house. Television allows people in your house you wouldn't allow in your house in person. Same with the phone. You have no idea the children that you have are looking at perversity and breaking the laws of God. And what God, the question is, how does God see this? But you say, oh, but I need time to de-stress. I need time to be entertained. I need to be with my children. I need, in fact, I mean, I need a babysitter for my children. I need to keep my children happy. So we plunk them in front of a Disney that teaches them to follow their heart, break the rules in a sweet cartoon. My wisdom. I don't hear no, you know, your response determines your destiny. And you're awfully quiet out there. E. Can I hear an E? <laughs> Can I hear an Amen? <laughs> Turn with me one more scripture. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Deuteronomy 6 is in the Bible. You should really see this, but you know. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your heart. Love the Lord with your heart. Not follow your heart to destruction and breaking the rules and doing your own thing. Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words I'm commanding you today, they should, I'm commanding you. I'm not asking you. It's not a suggestion. Hit your neighbor on the shoulder and say, hey, wake up. Especially if you don't know the person you're sitting next to. <laughs> yeah, we go, they beat us up in that church. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and your daughters. Instead, you stick them in front of the television. Talk to them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them on a sign on your hand and your head. Frendles on your forehead, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And they're trying to chip your head and your, fore your forehead and your hand. Why? Because it's going against what God has. And there will be no buying or selling. Be aware. Be awake. I'm warning. Second Chronicles 25.2 He, Amaziah, did right in the sight of the Lord, yet not with his whole heart. I said this a couple weeks ago. He did right in the sight of the Lord, but not with his whole heart. His heart. God has a real issue with your heart. Look at your heart right now. Is your heart doing? The Bible says our heart is deceitfully wicked. Do not trust in your heart. What is happening with your heart? Even today we're reading that Amaziah didn't do it with his whole heart. He was a marked man for not doing it with his whole heart. Are you marked? God is serious. <laughs> 
We are serious about the, the petrol and the diesel and whatever, but God's serious about your heart. What's happening with your heart in the petrol queue? Do you know, I have known people who are now leading people to the Lord in the petrol queue. I know people having prayer meetings in the petrol queue. They're not wasting their time just sitting there, not just looking at their phone. They're having prayer meetings. They're having uh, uh, conversations. In fact, I had a couple of families come to me and say, hey, we're finally a family again. Because there's no internet, we sit at home and we actually talk. We actually have learned how to converse and ask each other questions and give each other answers because there's no distraction. Every opportunity is a chance to see God's victory. Every opportunity. What are you doing with your opportunity? It's a chance to see God's victory. These trials are temporary. What are you going to do to turn them around? Make it work for you. So how does God see this? Isaiah 4, 3, 2, 1. The people. That's not good enough. The people shall declare my. God created you for him to praise him. So. As we close, we're going to understand a couple of things. So please hang on a little bit longer with me, please. Because the question is, where is God in all of this? People say, where is God? Where is God? Where is God? Well, where is he? Do you, have, do you know that, that, that answer? God is with us. <laughs> we just need to seek him and we need to give him something to respond to. We need to give him what the scriptures say in Psalm, turn, uh, turn with me to one more scripture, Psalm 22. Psalm 22, Psalm 22 in your real Bibles. And this second row doesn't have some real Bibles in it. Does anybody want to pass a real Bible back to these people back here? I want them to see in there. No, you're not turning to a real Bible. I'm so happy you're here. You look very beautiful. I like your orange shirt or jacket or whatever that is. Yeah, it's beautiful. Psalm 22. Where's your Bible? Where's yours? He. Share with your neighbor. You need to see this. You need to know this. Because you say, where's God? Where's God? Where's God? Hey, God's telling you where he is. Where is he? Psalm 22. 3. Oh, you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel, you who are seated, you who are inhabiting the praises of his people. Who's his people? You are his people. He's inhabiting your praises. You want to see God? Praise him. You want to see God? Praise him. And when it says that... When it says that you who are enthroned upon the praises, enthroned means to sit down, sit down. You who are enthroned, God is sitting down, He is dwelling, He is marrying, and He is continuing in the praises of Israel. But He's not sitting down, He is not marrying, He's not dwelling, He's not continuing if you're not praising Him. If you're grumbling, if you're complaining, like I did this morning about some things that went wrong. <laughs> He sits on your praises. Now, has anybody ever, who's, who, anybody read my book in here? 
If you haven't, you need to get this book. Close the doors and don't let anybody out until they buy this book. Because it gives seven Hebrew words. I wish I wasn't me because I would tell you this is the best book on praise and worship in the world. But it is anyway. And I'm telling you that you need to buy this book and look at the seven Hebrew words, the seven ways that God in, it tells us to praise. He gives us, he gives us a formula. He tells us what to do. Look at your hand. That hand was made by God to praise him, not to just feed your face or slap your neighbor. Up and yada, hand to God, waving to God. Y'all know yada. You say, why do you say yada? Because you don't know what it means. You get the book and you'll find out why I say yada. Tauda, Shabak. And the praise God inhabits is Tehillah. Get the book and read what he is in it actually inhabiting. God is everywhere, but his manifest presence isn't everywhere. You don't feel him everywhere. Have you ever come in here in praise and worship and you kind of like, you felt goosebumps or your hair stand on? Yeah, that's the manifest presence of God. Well, he's everywhere, but you're not going to see him manifest because you're not giving him the seat to sit on. So you want to be God, God to, to be with you, then you need give him a place to sit and you need to give him to heal a praise so also what you need to do is understand that in the spirit signs and symbols and sacrifice is the language of the spirit signs symbols and sacrifice is the language of the spirit for the enemy and for God sacrifice of Jesus Christ blood sacrifices of people and goats for the enemy Signs and symbols for God. For, pe for, for the enemy, he has people covering their eye to show. He has people doing 666. He has people doing all kinds of things. And we emulate it thinking it's cool because, hey, that's what we're shown. And we, we don't want to miss out, so we FOMO. And we do the signs thinking, hey, this is cool, man. Hey, erase that picture. <laughs> we do signs that are not of God. But God has a sign. One of those signs, my favorite is, well, of course, lifting of hands is the shin, which is the Hebrew letter, shin, which is two teeth, which used in the word shalom, which many of you know this, but not all of you do. <clears throat> the pictogram letters are shin, lamed, vav, mem, and it is teeth, a shepherd's staff, a nail, and a hook, and waters. And the interpretation of that word shalom is to devour or destroy the author of confusion and chaos. So when you flash this sign of the shin, you're actually combining into shalom, which means to devour and to the author of confusion and chaos. Now, do you wanna do that for God? Do you wanna say, hey, this is more cool than devil horns? Good grief. Christians, flash the symbol of God's authority and power by raising the shin. Even the animals will praise him. The rocks are praising him. Everything's praising him but us. We come to church and we fold our arms. What did the devil do to convince you to be silent? Thanks be to God who leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of knowledge of him in every place. We are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to the one an aroma from death to life and the other aroma from life and who is adequate for these things do you know we have a shin let me tell you something else I want to show you in the bookstore 
You know, anybody have a computer in here? Nobody has a computer? Don't have power. You didn't charge it all night, right? This is a shin. Computer? Anybody have a computer? This is a symbol that we're putting over the apple. Because apple has a bite out of it. It's symbols. Satanic. See, he's got one. Look at this. Good boy. Yeah, well done. Uh-huh. So that between the preacher and Pastor Tom has one. He has a, the celebration logo. Between the preacher and the people was the apple. You're looking at the sign, a symbol. Wake up. It's not just a company. They're trying to tell you something. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. So we have these in the bookstore. You need to get them. Put them over your apple. <laughs> There's also magnets. Put on your fridge. Let's show signs of God. Symbols of God. Signs of our church. The, the, the tambourine man. We have that everywhere. And more and more I want to see that. Get in your daily reading. Read your Bible. Buy my book. Get saturated with the word of God. And no, now, one more thing. Please make opportunity where you are. You can turn every opportunity and a chance to see God's victory. But right now, I want you to see one more thing. And I'm going to show you another video. So turn your attention to the screens. So I want to talk to you today on this subject. What happens in the unseen world when you fast and when you pray? The unseen world when you fast and when you pray. I want to first tell you a quick story from the book of Exodus, the 17th chapter, because it has a profound lesson to teach us today about fasting indirectly. It's the story of Moses and the Amalekites, Moses and the children of Israel fighting the Amalekites. And God told him to go up on the mountain and lift his hands toward heaven. He said in Exodus 17 and verse, verse 11, lift your hands, Moses. God commanded him to. And as long as he had his hands in a physical posture raised toward heaven in obedience to what God told him to do with a physical command and place a posture, the way what he did with his body, as long as, as he had physical obedience... He was winning the battle in the unseen world because of his physical obedience. This story is important because it reinforces the fact that physical obedience, listen, brings spiritual release. You can say, well, if God's going to win the battle, he'll just win the battle. But in this story, God said, what you do with your physical body, Moses determines whether or not this particular battle is going to be won. Because physical obedience brings spiritual release. That's why this story is so important that somehow there is a connection between what we do physically and what happens spiritually. What we do here with our physical bodies makes a difference of what happens in the unseen world. Angels were released into that battle 
when he raised his hands physically, if his hands started coming down because God told him to do it. And if his hands started coming down, then the angels would withdraw and the enemy would begin to defeat. Hebrews chapter one says that angels are sent out to render services on behalf of those who inherit salvation. It says the angels uh, of God are spirits that are sent as, as flames of fire. It says it in that same chapter later. In that same chapter. there He'll make his ministers flames of fire. His, he, he, he mentions that, that there is breath. There is wind. It's wind and fire. That's what angels are like. And he said I'll release those angels. And they will be dispatched into the situation. So get it now. Here's the point. Hands are raised. And as long as Moses obeys what God tells him to do with a physical act, the battle is won because of what he's doing physically with his body. If his hands go down, then he begins to lose the battle. You see, the Bible said, lift up your hands without wrath or doubting. The word wrath means don't get mad about the instruction God's giving you to do something physically. Do it without wrath and then do it without doubting. Doubting means don't question what good does it do. Don't question when God tells you to do something physically. If he said lift your hands, don't stand there arguing with God saying I don't have to do that. No, the truth is. Physical obedience brings spiritual release every time. And how much more if, if the raising of the hands brings victory under an old covenant, what would fasting and prayer do under the new covenant as Jesus you know, showed as an example for 40 days fasting and prayer? If we follow him in a set-aside time to fast and pray, our physical obedience will bring spiritual release. Especially when you do it without doubt, without sitting around saying, what good does it do to fast? What good does, it does good because God said to do it. It does good because Mark said, this kind comes out but by fasting and by prayer. In the modern church, we have reduced everything down to feelings and intellect. And not to any physical actions. I feel like I'm humble. So I never have to get on my knees and bow before the Lord. I feel like I love the Lord and I worship him on the inside. And I don't have to clap my hands. I don't have to raise my hands. I don't have to stand to my feet and worship God physically with my body. God knows my heart. I feel faith, so I don't have to risk anything. I have faith in my heart. Everything gets reduced down in the modern day church to internal stuff. And there is no outward manifestation. But if you tell your wife or your husband, I love you on the inside, but you never show it on the outside, they're going to question you. And God says, sometimes I demand of my people a physical act of obedience before I release spiritual reward. And fasting is one of those acts of obedience. There are times when God requires of all of us 
a physical action. A physical action. Why? Because there's a connection between the physical action here and the spiritual power that is released. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.